Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Looks Like We Made It. I'm Izzy Howell and I'm joined by my dad Chris to talk all things video marketing. We are the father and daughter who run the fabulous video production company Howell Film and each week we'll be discussing everything like what happens behind the scenes on our projects, getting results from your video content, how to start using video in your business and plenty more to come. We will be joined by some wonderful special guests including our own awesome clients from all kinds of industries as well as our own film crew and even our own family to candidly converse about creativity. On this episode, we are discussing live events versus virtual events, and to help us answer this question, we are joined by Paul Andrews, founder and CEO of Family Business United, an organisation which celebrates the importance of family businesses in the UK. So without further ado, let's get started, and of course, never miss an episode every Tuesday by giving us a follow or subscribe, as well as finding Howell Film on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter and LinkedIn. Let's go! You need to take a breath. There we are. So, hello, Paul. How are you? Yeah, afternoon. Is it good? Thank you. What an intro. Yes, I know. I can. I need. I can breathe now. But uh, if you want to kick us off, then by telling our listeners a bit about you, a bit about Family Business United. So yeah, I created an organisation that supports and champions family firms. About well, twenty years ago, I started doing this, but ten years on my own. So the last ten years has all been about celebrating family businesses, just like yours. Absolutely. Yeah, and that's kind of how we ended up kind of being acquainted with you and, and Family Business United because obviously we are a family business and, and it was a massive community that we weren't expecting was That's all a, together. It's, right? a, it's a massive um, un, untapped scene some, in some regards. It's kind of, you know, it, it's all out there and it's only when people like Paul um, open your eyes to just how important and how big family business is in, to the UK economy that you actually take notice and think wow you know yeah. we're, we're not alone <laughs> <laughs> you're not alone you're definitely not alone and just just some context i guess there are about six million family firms in the uk today and they employ about 12 million people and the reason that i guess people haven't really heard of them is because they tend to think of things in silos so you'll think hotel construction property but you won't understand that actually families own businesses in all those sectors and when it comes together it's yeah it's a real fruitful part of the economy and it makes a massive difference every day absolutely yeah and i think so the event that we'll be specifically talking about, I know Family Business United host quite a few across the country in lots of different capacities, um, but it is the, the biggie, I, I believe, the Family Business of the Year Awards. And that was, we've been involved with you for the past couple of years doing that. Um, but how long has the awards itself been going on for? The awards themselves started nine years ago, so we've just finished the ninth year. And you guys, are the, if you want to plug, you guys are fantastic at what you do. And you, you helped us go virtual two years ago during the onset of the pandemic. And, and we haven't looked back, really. So, yeah, you've really introduced us into a, just a new avenue of getting our message out there. Oh, fantastic. Well, we didn't pay you to say that either, so that's good. <laughs> <laughs> no, you didn't. So, so, Paul, you know, um, when, when we, we got involved... Uh, the first time round, really when we were in the thick of the pandemic in, in 2020, that was almost like, not a knee-jerk reaction, but it was a kind of like, all hands on deck, we've got to do something, the show must go on kind, kind, of, kind of thing. Obviously, in, in 2021, you had you, you had chance to reassess your options. And I know we, we went back into kind of a degree of lockdown, and it was still, it was still obviously very serious. Um, but do you feel that your... I suppose in a nutshell, what I'm trying to say is, um, would you have still done um, a virtual event yeah, or would you, have, would you have done a hybrid maybe or would you have, would you have gone live again? Yeah, that's a really good question. And it's one we thought about long and hard, I guess. As an organisation, we've put events on, as, as, he, as he said, around the country. So we do road trips in Scotland in a normal period, a normal year. 
And the pandemic really threw us a curveball because actually as an organization getting out and meeting families and talking behind the scenes and factory tours, everything was thrown on its head. And if I'm being honest, March 2020, I think it was, we held our last in-person conference in London, the Great British Family Business, on the Friday, the Thursday, and the following Monday, we went into lockdown. And I hadn't really seen it, we'd all seen it coming, but I hadn't really seen it coming. And at that point, like many people, I probably wasn't aware that the virtual world existed. And, and, and that comes with a caveat, to be fair, because you know I do a lot on social media and we've done a lot of filming and stuff in the past, but actually I didn't understand, I didn't know what Zoom was, I'd never heard of Teams. So we really had to stand back and say, what can we do? We need to survive and we need to give our family business community things that will help them grow during the pandemic and continue to evolve. So talking to people like you in terms of the use of video and how video could help was, was, was a start for us. Getting underneath the skin of what a virtual event really was, um, because I didn't know. I just It's very different, isn't it, between being in a virtual event and being a TV show. Um, and so there was a lot of learning that went on in a very, very short period of time. And like everybody else, we took part in lots of webinars. We did lots of webinars ourselves. But actually, the virtual event was something more. And I knew for the awards, they were they well attended every year in person. People come to London, but they're quite an expensive thing to put on. And people commit time spending money on hotel rooms and bringing their teams to an event. And actually, they're quite bespoke, quite small, 200 people come to them. So the, the, the flip side was that, well, actually, if we go virtual and we talk to somebody like you guys, one, what can we do? And two, how can we make it so it's got that personality um, and it's not just watching a show? So I wanted to do something, especially for the awards, that kind of celebrated family businesses in a way that you take all the best bits of awards and you engage with people and it all comes to life and, and they get to celebrate, they get to do the social media things, they get to work with their teams. So you kind of help to bring that together. Ups and downsides, I guess, of both. Sponsors want to meet people. Mm. and physically want to meet people so from a sponsor perspective you could argue it's not as good doing it virtually but actually if you learn and apply the right criteria to being a sponsor it can be more powerful because they have their branding when they host the host the, the, the award themselves they tell it tell everyone who they are they're talking rather than just being on stage presenting mm. but also it gets the personality across and they can then engage with the audience on the the feeds and all the other thing live on the night so they get to talk to everybody and I think the first year we had, it was a complete lockdown. So people were staying at home and they weren't even allowed to go into their offices with their colleagues. So we had, I think, about 1,700 people live streaming the premiere on YouTube, which was fantastic. Flip side of that is it's incredibly scary because when it counts down and you've got 30 seconds to go and the screen goes blank, you've got no idea if it's going to work or not. So you're sitting there terrified that you've lost everybody. And I just remember the first year, Linda, my wife, saying, well, what's the contingency as the screen went blank? And we didn't breathe for 20 seconds, dreading what was happening. And I was like, well, there is none. This is it. It's a premiere. It's live. There is no contingency. And it worked beautifully. And the feedback was sensational. We had better feedback than we've ever had and better engagement. So I think as long as you do it and it's real and you're being honest with your, your character and personality and doing it the way you want to. We filmed everything, as you know. I filmed everything in my garden with birdsong and butterflies in the middle of the afternoon on the hottest day in the year with sweat dripping off my head <laughs> in a DJ. But actually, people liked the fact it was human and, yeah. and it had a personality and the way you put it all together for us was fantastic. So, yeah, I think it has a real positive place to go. And going forward, I think there's room for it to continue to be a virtual. I'm not sure about hybrid yet, but definitely a virtual. <laughs> but um, I think that because I mean, because I was the one who kind of well, I was the editing part of it and you helped with the animation and stuff. And the, the biggest logistical thing that we had was the fact that 
normally when we do an event we're very present like the people are in the room the cameras are in the room the microphones are there everything's set but we had the added thing of the everyone was scattered across the country and and no one could leave the house or or come to a studio or stuff like that so I remember me and you having to really navigate getting what felt like hundreds of of people just to all there was a there was you, you we had to let go of a bit of the quality control of you know people might not film things the way we would do it and stuff and and how can we make sure that all of that comes together and stuff and that was that was the weirdly the the most interesting like part for me in terms of pre-production because I'd never had to collate um content like that before I'd always have to do it we'd always do it ourselves or have that kind of control and I thought that element of having people in their own homes across the country with their families applies really nicely to the family business message because we were sat together in the garden watching it I mean we'd seen it before but we'd um we were sat together and we'd, it was see, a... we'd seen it about th- 300 <laughs> times by that point so but, uh, but we but it was it was a nice sort of family evening and it yeah. had a very different yeah. approach I, I suppose I, I like I personally really like the honesty of you know because because when when you work when you work professionally in filmmaking videography whatever that it it can be quite clinical it's all very it's all you know everyone likes to speak in acronyms it's all very kind of technical and 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 you know um and and i i like it i like it when people do stuff on the phones and and they've got their you know they've got their thumb over the microphone or they're wobbling it or they're missing you know they're missing the you know someone's head or whatever and, and actually though you get a i th- i think you get a real beautiful honesty that you that I'm not trying to undo what we do for a living, obviously, but <laughs> but, but actually, you know, it is. It, I, I think it's a thing. You know, it's a thing of beauty in some regard. I, I like I like I like that. I think you're I think you're spot on, Chris, because I think for me, one is you going back to your point. We had no idea the quality of the, the. We had to ask everybody that took part to record an acceptance speech, and lots of family businesses have never done proper PR or video or any of this stuff before. So they're kind of, they're in our hands, but you still say to them, hold your phone landscape and, and just record two minutes or at most two minutes with some, some gaps. Some did it beautifully. Others had to be handheld a lot more, yeah. but actually what you got was real honesty. And if you go to an awards evening, they've thought about if I win, I'm going to say this, this, and this. And yes, they've thought about the video recording, but I think because they're suddenly in front of their phone being recorded, there's that level of they delve into their inner self and their inner thought process and they, they become a lot more relaxed and a lot more honest. And mm. for me, even the, I mean, the winner speech this year, Thomas Martin from Arco, oh my God, he was in tears on his, on his phone and, and it was real and it was honest. And it was, it was generations of history that's been pent up into this award win that was just phenomenal. And I've spoken to him since we actually had lunch um, in a local pub um, last week and he came down and I gave him the, the trophy and, and and he was just charming and the, the words were really that really heartfelt really meant and actually i think we got with the way you crafted it we got this beautiful sense of every award evening and it was beautiful because you missed out all of the sitting around waiting for what i class at some awards and obviously different awards evenings are different but the cold rubbery chicken meal to be gone and then you have to have drinks and then you listen to a sponsor and then you listen to listen but the time you get to the awards they're almost like not the main event yeah and you put the award front and centre, it was what this was all about. And and I think the audience got that right from the start. They were delighted to have been finalists. We did all the social media and PR up front. They knew what they were in for. And to be shortlisted and shown on the screen, they had their moment in the spotlight. The winners were announced by the sponsors, so they had their moment in the spotlight too. But you then heard from the winners that got that speech across in terms of what they did, who they were. And I think the essence of what you pulled together was, was beautiful and the feedback was, was phenomenal. So I think we ticked all the right boxes because we took all the best bits. And then we took out the bits that 
kind of outside of your control that actually everyone gets a bit bored with too much too long of dinner and too much waiting around and then they have time this year in particular because i know a lot of the, the finalists got together with their members of their family and also their teams either in the pub garden or at home or in the office and they actually ordered in pizzas and they sat with a few bottles of bottles of wine and they had their own team get together which they would never never have at an awards it would be the the chosen few that would go whereas they brought their whole team together and it played out on social media and i was sent clips afterwards of some of the next generation so the the next generation of one of the paint families up in manchester the marketing director sent me a picture of his son who when he saw hmg paints on the screen you could see his son jumping up and down go daddy you work there and it was just beautiful Brilliant. to see the moment <laughs> captured in terms of what, what it did and how it impacted yeah. people. So, mm. so I think there's a place, there's definitely a place for virtual going forward. And I think we'll never go back to just doing solid um, physical events. As an organisation, I can't wait to get back out. And, and we've done a couple of physical events since, but in person is really important to us. But it's now the strategic plan for us is, is getting the balance right going forward to make sure we, we hit the mark. Yeah. Brilliant. I mean, I, I mean, from from our perspective as well, it's it, it's. I mean, all businesses have had to rapidly adapt in one in one way or another during during the pandemic, and and, and obviously yeah. a, 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 up up until February the twenty ninth, twenty twenty, half of our business came from live events. So you know, by one month later, it was all a bit kind of gosh, we you know from a, from a full order book to a very very less full order book we had to we had to adapt quite quickly however the um the skills involved um they're still the same and it's interesting you're saying about um the way that we we tightened up the the awards um night for the for the um the broadcast because that's an editor's an editor's lot. The difference the difference between a, a, kind of a, a professional editor and, and not a professional editor is often just how brutal the professional editor is. You know, the 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 seventy percent ends up on the cutting room floor, and only the thirty percent makes it into the into the show. And I think that's what gives gives it pace. So there is, you know, we we were we were always you know we were a little bit worried at the start, thinking, well, wow, you know, ev- everybody out there is now. A filmmaker by definition because they're all on zoom and teams and everyone's doing their own thing but actually you can't you, you can't undo the the 30 years of experience we've got as a business you can't undo the fact that we do this all day every day mm-hmm. and and that kind of you just you, i think the key thing is to distill down everything you're sent and I, and, I, and as i did see izzy with you know hundreds and hundreds of bits of <laughs> clips and you know bits and pieces logos etc but but it's about distilling them down into a into a really neat package, and I think I think that we've got that blend now, really, really quite nailed down. Um, yeah, it was it was the the first one I know because we were all kind of going by the seat of our pants on that first one because that was the the one where we all sort of went right, okay, we'll we'll work together and we'll build something and we'll we'll see what we can do. And that was one of my first experiences of doing something completely in the edit suite i mean in my head there's always that natural process of i see the client i get the film i get the footage and i cut it together and that was a bit of more of a comfort zone for me but having i i really enjoyed getting the content from the family businesses and stuff like some of the stuff is just brilliant and you'd see that real kind of i'd feel like kind of like a bit of a bit of a sense of pride really when i'd see their little videos put together and it was i think it was coleman's this year theirs was i remember theirs was brilliant where the, the three generations and they got everyone in the shops and it doesn't matter on their side if you're a professional and you're amazing and you've got all these cameras but it it doesn't it, it I, my job as the editor was just there to put everyone 
on the stage basically and they really showed up for it and did a great job no it's true and and they were brilliant and the energy they gave the the the, the, the win obviously they didn't know at the time they'd won but they gave the energy through the film and i think the delightful piece for me was when you, you say you had the three generations and and actually the father who founded the business and and the older generation um missed his cue and his daughter and the second generation elbowed him and yeah. then they left him <laughs> We'd filmed it 15 times by then. We weren't going to film it again. But actually, I loved that because it was real. Um, and it really captured the essence of who they are and how they integrate and stuff. So you're right. that Your job was probably made easier by some of the footage, but then it's not because it's constrained by every piece of footage is different. And you have to try and make some sort of commonality and process and flow. So there is, I mean, we can all do webinars and we can all do Zoom calls, but that doesn't make us editors and producers. And, and there's definitely a, a space for people like you to do what you do because... It, it just put, polishes it and it, it takes something and puts it in a way that, that that manifests the essence of what we want to do. And for us, working with you because you're a family firm, um, it's the icing on the cake. We try and we try and be, be true to who we are as a business. And and look, we took a punt the first year, and I know you took a punt, and we got the finished video to review on Monday night at midnight when it finally downloaded, and we were going live on Thursday. So we, we did sit on the seat, sort of fly by the seat of our pants the first year. And the second year, it got clearer, and we knew what we were doing a bit more. Um but it's about asking for the things up front. And I guess there's a pro project manager and, and timetable. So you you pushed and prodded in all the right places to make us do what we needed to do. But but working with families is always tricky because there's always, as you know, the pandemic's affected in many different ways. So some have been working firefighting, others have been thriving, but still busy with no staff and all sorts. So it's this year, I think, was more challenging than last year. Mm. But um, yeah, no, I'm already looking forward to next year because I think we can do it and make it even bigger. And on a on a more sort of general note about family business, Paul, are you are you is there a sense of optimism that, with the people you're speaking to? Is there a is there a kind of I'm you know I I would never say we're it's behind us or but I but I I'd like to believe we're through the worst of it and and certainly for for us we we can we feel like there's an energy building we've got some we've got some quite big projects booked in from from October onwards and in and into 2022 and I'm just wondering if if that's your experience. Yeah, there's, I mean, family firms are resilient and, and some of the entries in the awards this year, multi-generational, so they've been around for two, 300 years and, and the oldest goes back to 1515, so wow. 26 generations. So, so there's longevity there and the family businesses that plan for the long term and the, the kind of stewards for the next generation really have plans to safeguard themselves. Um, notwithstanding, some have struggled because they didn't see this coming or they were in such a unique position in terms of maybe supplying the hospitality trade, they would never have experienced or expected the whole thing to fall over. So there have been moments where all businesses in the last 18 months have stopped and reflected and had to think. But there's definitely now there's an air of positivity. There always has been in terms of that the, the, they will survive. They may become out a different business to the one they went into, or they may have diversified or done something differently. But there's always been that we are going to make it. Mm. But now talking to them, there's a real energy. A lot of them are struggling in terms of recruitment. So the fact they're recruiting and they can't get the people is a really positive sign. Um, there's still an uncertainty in terms of quite what the next six months holds. And so for organisations like ours, it becomes slightly more of a challenge because we can put lots of in-person events on, but that doesn't mean anyone's going to come to them. And so you've underwritten an event and it costs a lot to not put on an event sort of thing. So I think the next six months with events, they will start to unfold mm. um, and people will start to come back. But just, just flicking forward to next March and our, our big annual flagship conference, the Great British Family Business, that's going to be virtual. Not because I think we need it to be virtual, but as in we need to because of the pandemic, but talking to the people that came to that last year, which was managed by a family business up in Scotland, 
we had people from all around the world come and our members from the kind of the northest parts of Scotland and the southwest parts of Cornwall that wouldn't have travelled in their own words. We would not have come to London to the event, but they joined and they enjoyed it and they want, they're already booking for next year. So there's a, for us, there's a commercial issue. We have to make sure we give the people that want to come to the thing what they want. Um, so we're balancing our model now with in-person and and online virtual stuff. But I think there'll be more from us, more strategic thought pieces in terms of what we do locally, in terms of maybe smaller get-togethers, regional dinners. Having said that, we're doing a, an in-person road trip around Scotland in um, in a couple of months' time for 10 days, visiting family businesses and going out to see them. So there's, there's that hybrid mix, I guess, in terms of what we do. But I'm not going to go down the hybrid route of a hybrid event because my fear is they don't work for either of the people in the room. So are these um, are these all distilleries that you're working your way through? <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, there are a couple. Um, we're actually going to see, and I'm really pleased, we're going to see at least two of the winners from the awards. And for the first time ever, we're going to the Outer Hebrides. So we're going to one of the Scottish islands. So we're going out to meet Essence of Harris in Harris on a ferry um, and driving down through Harris and Skye. And I'm looking forward to that immensely. But just to go and see these businesses where they operate and where they're so proud to be from, and especially someone like the Hebrides, where they're actually looking to try and build a community to provide jobs and income for the, the, the community at large and to keep the islands alive. I think it's fascinating that we can go and see them. So, yeah, no, we are going in person to see them. And there are, I think, at least four distilleries on the map already, to be honest. <laughs> Rightly so. But, uh, <laughs> but no, I th- that's, and that's it. I mean, we, um, I mean, cause the, we were involved in the conference that um you did in march and stuff and we were booth holders and that was our again our first experience of a virtual booth and that was that was like it was it was weird at first to kind of get around the the difference in how you communicate with people but once we got once we got the hang of it in the morning, we were we were flying. It was I, I quite I like the I like the random visitor thing. That yeah. that was that was like a like the spinner wheel yeah. and someone pops up and <laughs> and it was interesting to see like you know where and they were kind of who are you oh you know and, and I, I quite like that. It's just yeah, yeah random. It was, it was it was really good. I think that's and it's great to see that there's more of that moving forward and and into 2022, which is brilliant. But there's an educational piece, isn't there? Because actually the first time you do this sort of stuff and it's virtual speed dating almost for businesses, then you, you don't know how it works. But the fact you can extend a conversation, you can exchange business calls, uh, cards, it's no different to going to an event and actually seeing them. But actually, because it's short-lived, one of our Australian contacts bumped into one of our Boston contacts in the virtual networking. So they made international connections just by being in the same place <laughs> at the same time. And it was just, it worked. And I think we just have to educate people in terms of letting them know how to make the most of the, the, the bits they have. And again, from a sponsor perspective, using the chat rooms and going out into the networking rooms and actually physically trying to just network but do it virtually. It's, it's just an art. You have to learn how to do it. And once you've got the knack, then I think it's more powerful as well. You can meet more people. We, um, we interestingly, um, we're now getting involved in virtual events but live virtual events so this is this is a this is the next this is the next phase Paul whereby this the, the scare the scary part so so we are you know we're, we're currently doing all the all the all the uh, pre-production and technical work on a on quite a large live um, streamed event and that and that's going to involve a, a, an, a sizable audience in Japan, an audience in America, um, a UK audience, and and we're going to have, and we are, we're, but we're still, um, we're, we may come come a cropper on this, but we, you know, we're still going to be uh, feeding in all the animation, feeding in all the graphics, um, handling all the audio. So, I mean, provided, I mean, this all boils down to how good your broadband connection is ultimately, but but we should, <laughs> we, we we should be okay, he says. Um, but ultimately, um, there's a there's almost like a natural progression now between okay, I and mean, we're still we're still doing we're still doing live events, we're still doing virtual events, but 
virtual live is the next that's the next biggie so i don't know if you I don't know if you fancy that in the future <laughs> we're getting there we're getting there slowly yeah. i think it's probably the let's see someone i kind of need to see someone else do it whereas i think the awards we took a real punt early on and we just said we're going to do it and we did it and we were probably a bit of a pioneer yeah. in the space to, to do that i'm not sure i'm ready to be a pioneer in the hybrid <laughs> Yeah, oh, no, that's it. Well, uh, well, I think what is there? Um, so, how can a can how can people get involved with Family Business United and find out more? And where can they find you on social media, online? So we are ranked number one in the world for family business on Twitter. So at Family Biz Paul, so B I Z Paul on Twitter. Um, the website FamilyBusinessUnited.com is a global resource center. Um, we're ranked number one in, or in the top 100 of, of global family business influence as well, which is fantastic for us. But there's lots of resources out there and, and actually any family business, big or small. So we go from the smallest butchers on the, the, the sort of a high street in Bridport right up to JCB and, and share the news for everybody. So, yeah, FamilyBusinessUnited.com is the best place to start. Fantastic. Brilliant. And my, I always ask a question at the end of all of these podcasts. Um, my question for you would be, what is your favourite film? Well, that's easy. We discussed this over dinner the other night. It's Schindler's List. I think everybody should watch Schindler's List. And it's not it's not a popular choice in terms of I think it's a it's got big messages and big stories. And I think we should learn from the past. So for me, it touched a raw nerve. It was the first film I'd ever well, it's the only film I've ever, ever been to the cinema with with my mum to watch. And it was the first film she'd seen at a cinema for about 30 years. And, and we left in silence and it made us think. And it's, it's really made me think about things in a different perspective. And I think it should be on the school agenda for everybody just so we don't forget. So, yeah, it's, I'm afraid it's not a jolly happy one. It's um, <laughs> quite a serious one. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. It's, it's, that's, that's really interesting. When you, when you come out of the cinema and you, you think, if I breathe, I'm going to cry, that's, that's, <laughs> that's, when you know, that's when you know you've seen something special. Yeah, it was really powerful. And it, yeah, it touched a nerve for us. But that's the power of film. And it's the power of what you do, you guys too. And it goes flip circle back to the awards and what you did for us, which was, was fantastic. Oh, well, Excellent. thank you so much, Paul. I'll leave it there for today. But thank you, Paul Andrews, for joining us on Looks Like We Made It. Um, you can catch us on Spotify, on Apple Music and wherever you get your podcasts. Um, feel free to check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and LinkedIn at Howell Film. And of course, take a look at Family Business United and all the wonderful stuff they do. So for this week, that is us. But thank you, Paul. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Nice to see you. And well, yeah, thank you. Cool, thank Bye. You. <laughs>